The 2019 college football season is approaching. ESPN's Ivan Mazel joins the podcast. Ivan, how are you doing today? Doing well, Dan. Recently, I guess a little a few weeks ago that you were out at BYU Media Day, you, you kind of took in the, the Cougars there. Of course, that's a that's an opponent for Tennessee this year. Second week that uh, the Cougars will play the Vols, first time ever in program history. W- what's your take on BYU football right now? It seems like that the program uh, is going in a good direction uh, w- with the new head coach there. Well, BYU is a fascinating study in, in what's gone on in college football over the last. I don't know, you know, in the, in the modern realignment era, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, they are trying to make it as an independent. It's been a rocky, uh, it's been a rocky tenure being an independent. You know, it's been some good, some bad. And to me, this is a, a year that really, if, if they can uh, pull this season off in a good way, I think it will set them on a, a much firmer path in the years to come. The schedule is is daunting, uh, but the Tennessee game is really the toughest road game they have. Uh, most of the difficult games are, are in Provo. They've got a deep, experienced team that looks and feels a little bit like Tennessee, maybe a step or two ahead of Tennessee, and the fact that 2017 was was the year they hit bottom, and last season they were a little more successful than Tennessee, but similar in the sense that started slow and, and finished fast. And, uh, a lot of players coming back, talented young quarterback Wilson. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot to like about BYU this season. I recently visited during spring practices at BYU. My impression that that definitely football matters to that university, to that area. And like you mentioned, trying to make it as an independent, I I think it's a a pretty good idea for them to be an independent, at least for this little time span. But I think uh, you can tell definitely that that people there would love an invite to the Pac-12. Do you think that would ever happen with the program like BYU to join their rival Utah in the same conference? difficult uh there's no great incentive for the pac-12 to uh to expand at this point if you bring in byu on the one hand you do have you've already got a footprint in utah so you would get a few more i mean you get perhaps the other half of the state and plus you get uh the lds presence uh, which is significant in California and Arizona uh, and significant throughout the West. I'm not sure that those, they don't already have those viewers. I, I don't know. I think there's some reluctance on the part of the president, presidents about BYU. Uh, there traditionally has been reluctance about them academically. I don't know where BYU is now as an academic institution. Bringing in BYU athletically is a headache in terms of scheduling. The university does not play sporting events on Sunday, and in non-revenue sports, Sunday is a big day. 
So there's uh, there are a lot of challenges, uh, but the bottom line I think Dan is that the Pac-12 is not looking to expand right now. They're you know they're trying to catch up with the other Power Five conferences in TV revenue, and, and to add another mouth to feed is not the way to catch up. With the landscape of college football in 2019, of course we're what, five or so years into the, the playoff era with the four-team playoff. Do you like how scheduling purposes go as far as uh, when you do see a game like a Tennessee and a BYU? Of course, BYU being an independent, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to go out for, for BYU, obviously, to schedule these top marquee games. But for a, a Tennessee sake and some other programs that are scheduling more historic-type games between two programs do, do you like to see that do you like to see a first meeting that, that a BYU program will make it to Neyland Stadium especially for a night game well I, I love it and I think most college fans love it and I think that is the way thank goodness we are headed uh, the, the coaches and ADs have figured out that's the way to impress the playoff committee uh, so we're coming back to home and homes we're coming back to big intersectional games I would disagree with you in the sense of it being easy for BYU. I think being an independent is difficult because it's not as if BYU only needs to schedule one or two games against a marquee team. They need to schedule eight or nine, and it's it's hard. The fact that they pulled off what they did this year with a, a Utah, USC, and Washington all coming to Provo in the first four weeks of the season is uh, just it's really impressive uh, by, by the athletic director, Tom Olmo. I don't know what he had to give up on the back end to get that done, but it's good. Uh, and uh, it, it is a bit surprising that BYU and Tennessee haven't played. You know, we've, we've had so much history of, of football. It, it's always, uh, I'm always surprised when you find two teams that haven't played each other. With the news of UConn about to exit the American Conference, do you think maybe a program like BYU would would go that route to a non-Power 5 uh, just to join a conference? Well, I would assume that any time they want to get back into the Mountain West, they could do it. I don't know that for a fact, but it it seems so obvious that they would fit in there that if if they wanted that, but I think they 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 feel as if they've got a bigger footprint in the Mountain West and that they can generate more revenue outside the Mountain West. Uh, it, it's always tough with a private university to know exactly what the dollars are and, and, and how successful they are in generating revenue, but. Uh, it seems to me if they wanted to be in a non-Power 5 conference, they would have stayed in the Mountain West. And, you know, they chose not to do that. The same AD is in charge. So I, I think they're going to continue to try to make a go of it, at least or until they can convince the Big 12 or, or the Pac-12 to let them in. Well, last thing, Ivan, uh, last year Tennessee missed out on a bowl game going 5-7. and seven. They had a chance to get bowl eligible the last two weeks, lost to Missouri at home and then at Vanderbilt. 
Five and seven overall, two big wins though at Auburn and against Kentucky in, in November. Kentucky had a great season for their program last year. What were your thoughts just, uh, I guess, from a, a broad spectrum? Uh, two big wins, like I mentioned, for, for Jeremy Pruitt in year one. It's a true rebuilding process at Tennessee. Well, yeah, uh, one more rebuilding process at Tennessee. Uh, I, I was encouraged, uh, as you say, by those wins. Uh, I, I was a bit uh, befuddled at, at the fall after the Kentucky game, but I think that's, you know, the, the, that's the effect of uh, inexperience and of, and of a young team trying to find its way. So this is a big season. Uh, the, the schedule is uh, a, a bit uh, a bit onerous with having to go to, to Florida and Alabama in the first half of the season, but, um, uh, you know, it's... Uh, there's a lot of talent coming back, and Jeremy seemed to get a better handle on things as the season went on last year. I mean, I, I think there should be some improvement, and there should be uh, uh, there should be enough progress that it will encourage the uh, long suffering and and very patient ball fans. Well, Ivan, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast as the 2019 season approaches. I just want to remind your listeners that uh, beginning in August, uh, the ESPN is going to launch a huge project commemorating the 150th anniversary of college football. There's going to be 35 hours of new TV programming, uh, a series of podcasts, a lot of features and vignettes on the air every day, and, and uh, pieces on .com as well. So keep an eye out for it.